Today on the Business of Lifting Weights, we talk about discounting, the good, the bad, when to do it, when to not do it, and how it affects your business. What's up, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. And we are back with episode 15 on the business of lifting weights. Uh, we're also joined once again by Julianne Russell. Hey, guys. AKA Nate Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Every time. I'll take um, it. This is going to be a really fun episode because Julianne's laying on the ground with a broken foot. <laughs> leg. Um, yeah, leg. <laughs> I have like a sinus infection, so I'm going to be making, I'm going to hit PRs and vocal noises today. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> and I feel incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about discounting today. And that is one that is a big one in the fitness industry because it's such a tempting thing to do to try to lure customers through your front door mm-hmm. and it definitely works there's no doubt about it price manipulation is one of the more successful things to do to get people to purchase but it has a lot of long-term ramifications on your brand uh your churn rate who you keep and just kind of the vibe of your gym um, so I'm excited today to kind of talk about our experiences with it, um, the good and the bad, um, not to spoil the episode, but it's mostly bad. Um, <laughs> we do want to point out some areas where it is beneficial though, so that, you know, you can decide listening if it fits your brand, how it fits into it. Um, you know, there'll be places where discounting is part of the brand and it works and there'll be places where it doesn't work and it devalues the brand. So, uh, we'll get into all that stuff um, over the next 45 minutes or so. Yeah, just to add to that, you know, in our experience with our specific gym, um, we did have times where we had a lot of success with discounts, and we also had some times that we did not. So, um, you know, I, I totally agree. I do think there is a place for it. Um, but just when we were writing our outline for the show, there was a lot more negatives associated with it than positives. Yeah, <clears throat> discounting gets a really bad uh, rep, which it deserves, but there there are some good things in it, and I think it's just like a little bit generic to just flatly say, like, don't ever do it. Right. Um, so we'll kind of, we'll point out, we'll, sh- we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about when it was successful for mm-hmm. us, and then when it hit that point when it was detrimental. Yep. Um, and it's, we no longer do discounting, um, so that's an important kind of lead in, and we'll explain the reasons why we don't. Um, but also share why it did work. Yep. And then Julianne will also be here <clears throat> to talk about kind of how that went on the floor, coaching the people who, you know, were discount shoppers versus people who were brand shoppers. Right. So it'll be kind of an interesting perspective on that. All right. Uh, real quick to go over the good stuff first. Um, you know, there are some definitely positive aspects of discounting that you will see in the short term. Um, you know, one of the problems with that is after that short-term benefit, right. the long-term results are very negative. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people get so excited and implement discounts all the time is because they do see a short-term positive benefit to it. Um, it definitely helps you grow. Um, we found that you know, in doing these different promotions and these discounts, uh, we definitely grew when we ran those. Um, and that was great for the short term benefit of that. 
Right, um, and for us too, like <clears throat> when we started out, we had no exposure or anything like that. We were completely independent gym. Yep. So we had to do um, at least some initial measures to, to get market attention. Yep. Um, to get people to at least try the gym out because mm-hmm. it was this concept that was not tied or really like anything else that was out there. Um, so it was we, – we kind of didn't really have any other options at the time than to price manipulate to get people to try – um, because we were so small, we were then able to like treat every person that walked in the door with like over the top, the most amazing customer service. Right. So we were able to create loyalty due to the size of the gym. Right. But as the gym continues to grow and obviously there's more and more people, you know, you're going to lose some element of that. Like this was the only person in the gym. Right. So that's when you, you kind of lose that ability to make up that loyalty on the back end once they've joined for lack of loyalty on the front end. Right. Um, and I, I'd like to stress that we were almost forced to do this because of our location. Um, you know, we were, when we say we were on a peninsula, we literally had not a single drive by or walk by <laughs> person that would join the gym, like zero sick business decision. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Crazy how it worked out. Though. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Amazing um, spot. But yeah, so, you know, one of the discounts that we liked to run back in the day was a 50, 50 discount, mm-hmm. which was. off for the new member coming in and then 50% off to the current member that referred that member. So it provided incentive for people to go out and tell their friends and then it provided incentive for that new person coming in. Um, So in the short term, which is just like, you know, you can call it what you want. You're, you're paying for customer's loyalty. Yeah, exactly. Um, just like any other way of marketing, there is a cost associated with that. And we'll go over some of that stuff. Um, when we get to the bad. Um, but so in utilizing this, we did see more people come to the gym. Um, however, it was at reduced margins. So um, there was a heavy cost associated directly up front with getting those people in there because they were paying such a reduced membership price. Um, you know, one of the other benefits too was for anybody that like were th- they were thinking about trying the gym, Um, but they just lacked some sort of like extra motivation to come actually do it. Um, It provided that extra incentive for those people to come try it right away because um, we tried to produce urgency with it so that, um, you know, we told people the discount was going away, which it was. Um, It was only for a limited time. Until we got kind of addicted to it. Until we got addicted to it. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people is because the short-term success um, is very noticeable. Um, but once we were in business longer and we saw the long-term effects of it, it was beneficial for us to get rid of all that. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's something that we definitely paid a lot of attention to throughout the growth. And it's important to mention that, you know, we got 450 members in like two and a half years. Right. Um, so how much of that was related to the first month being half off? Probably some, but mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to pay full price every month after that. So um, clearly that's not the sole reason to it. You know, we've always talked like behind the scenes, like how much of that really was related to the discounting. Right. And we, we honestly don't know. Right. To be completely candid, which is why, which is why we don't totally vilify discounting um, because it certainly played a little bit of a role. Um, but it's having that self-awareness to know when it's time to stop. Right. And if you do – you know, a, a discount like that, then make sure that you 
you do offer it for a very short period of time. Um, I think that's big. What, as Dave mentioned before, what, one of the problems that we ran into is we got so addicted to it that it was just like 50% off all the time. Yeah, and it's like how we talked about with, with cars. <clears throat> yep. You know you're never going to have to pay full price for a certain kind of car because there's always a cash rebate or there's always Christmas deals or New Year's deals or end of the month. And you just – if you look up a, a price tag on the internet, you just know you're going to pay nowhere close to right. that. So you just end up not taking any of the offers seriously because you know I am never going to have to pay full price for this. So I'm just going to wait for the next deal to come around. Yeah, it, it was funny. I was actually uh, talking about Ashley, my fiance, getting a new car. And we were talking about pricing and stuff like that. And she was like, well, it's listed at this. And I was like, yeah, we'll probably be able to get them down to something like this. You know, yeah. it wasn't even that's like not the real price. Yeah, that's not the real price. Like, we'll be able to get them down to something closer to this. And it was just expected. Like, I never even thought about that. But it was it was just totally not an issue to think that that was that wouldn't happen. Like, yeah, it, because it would. Um, and that's not you don't want to be in a position where somebody values your brand that way as a gym. To where they look at the price on the website and they're like, that's not a real price. Yeah, that's not a real price. <laughs> um, that's when you're in a lot of trouble. Yep. And um, there's certainly ways to market discounting. If it is something that you do, I would not recommend like plastering it all over the website and yep. all over the brand. Mm -hmm. um, when it's the first thing that people see attached to the brand that you're, you're price manipulating, then people are only going to see your brand as, as like a price brand yep. and they're not going to be have any emotional connection or anything to it. So, um, I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of benefit if you're a gym starting out and you need to grow to a secret referral program. That's mm -hmm. not really secret. Yep. Um, that it's just not really advertised, but the members know about it and they're able to refer people. Right. Um, I, I think there's even a place for that as you continue to grow in a very, a very scaled controlled way. Um, but if, if you do discount, just you have to be very aware that it's going to take over your branding. If you let that be the main driver of the business. Right. Yeah. I think that the website thing, that was a mistake that we made is we had that, like the front banner on our website that was like 50% off. And so people went there and it was if only the business of lifting weights existed back then to tell yeah. us not to do that. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Yeah. You know, we opened a gym and it had all this fast growth and we were just, you know, I, I remember we specifically, it was like a launch thing. Like we're going to do this initially to gain members. Right. And then I remember we had a discussion about it and it just kept working so well. And we didn't see, all these negatives that we heard about with discounting, right. we just saw growth, like right. a, a very consistent high growth. Yeah. And so we kept doing it. And then, however, there was a time when we noticed, okay, we've overdone this and now we have to, we have to fix this and we've seen what this does and the problems that it creates. And now we have to reverse it. Yep. Absolutely. So in talking about, you know, a lot of those bads, um, you know, we, we've mentioned it just prior and that, you get people who shop on what versus why, which yep. is what we talked about uh, last episode, mm -hmm. uh, episode 14. And people, they come in and there is no attachment to your brand. They could give two shits about why you're in business or what you're doing. It's just, you know, Jim brought his friend in who didn't even look at the website, has yep. no idea what you're even doing right. or what's expected of you, the new member. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of, 
come in, show up, because this is the place that I can try for 50% off. And as Julianne can talk about, the amount of education debt on that that you have to create with time management and explaining people like what the hell a kettlebell even is right. before you show them a kettlebell swing. Um, it just It's enormously straining on coaching and that in turn takes away from the members. Yeah, Julianne, talk a little bit about some experiences that you've had when those members do come in um, and they kind of don't know what we do or you know they, they're purely there because their friend brought them and there was a discount associated with it. Yeah, it's an interesting experience when um, someone has no idea, A, what kind of gym you are, and then if you just lead in with, um, you know, this is this is how we roll, or this is this is what the workout's like, and they look at you like you have four heads because they really had no idea what they were getting into, and it was all about just so and so said, come do this for cheap. Um, they're less coachable, typically, I would say, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> on the higher percentage of less coachable because they're less attached to anything involved. They have potentially no like solid goals in any direction, um, let alone like really having that emotional attachment to why they're there. Um, So it makes it a little challenging to get them to keep up with you and what you're trying to teach them because they came in there blind to begin with. Um, It's a very sort of when you're used to people being like, oh, I've heard about this place. I checked you guys out. It looks awesome and exactly what I'm looking for to wait, what do you guys do again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a completely different situation. It takes up a lot of time on the coach's end. Um, you still want to give a great experience to anybody trying out the gym. So you, you want to give them attention and you want to educate them, but, um, they're kind of in the dark or less likely to just it's be also interested hard to do in what that you say. Too, when like, you're yeah. like, this person isn't into it. They're being yeah. kind of a jackass. Yeah. Like, you're, the energy back and forth vibe. is it <clears throat> takes away from from the vibe of the whole room to be honest with you um other people can can feel it you know we have members that try to help new people out when the coach is across the room or whatever and they're getting the same kind of like yeah whatever i'm just here cuz it's cheap so mm-hmm. i don't really care if i'm doing, doing it right s- sick crab walk push-ups yesterday was that <laughs> uh, yeah you know there are a lot of people out there that don't weightlift at all right. they think weightlifting is like the worst Nerds. thing in the world. <laughs> you know, they think weightlifting is the worst thing in the world. And when their friend brings them in and they don't know that that's what we do. Yeah. You're going to deadlift. Yeah, yeah. Like they look at you like, almost like <clears throat> F you guys. Yeah. Like I, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And then what does that do? Like that creates a negative experience right. when you otherwise were providing a great service, but right. they have no frame of reference for that. And even if you take the time to try to explain the why to somebody like, here's why, for instance, deadlifting could be beneficial to you. And I promise I'm not going to ask you to deadlift 300 pounds. They're, they're not fully there with you, even willing to accept your incredibly good reasons why we do what we do. So, um, yeah, it's very, it's, it's very straining overall mentally and just coaching wise, um, from that end. It's, it's weird too, when you get somebody that kind of has that attitude where, they're not even used to having a coach in the room when they're in the gym. So they don't really care what you say anyway. Yep. Um, that, that can definitely take a toll because it, like Dave said, it kind of crushes your whole vibe and you're like, Oh, okay, well I guess I'll just go. Yeah. And that's, that's what I want to kind of like (laughs) piggyback on is in talking about the negative experience is through no fault of your own. 
because this person was extremely not qualified to come in. And that doesn't mean from a physical perspective. That just means from a mental. Uh, it means, yeah, yeah ex- what you're looking for versus what you're being provided. Mm-hmm. Then this person now leaves the gym and they're taking this experience where like they were forced to deadlift. It's like, yeah, you weren't. This yeah. is just happens to be the workout that you chose to come to. Right. And then they might now talk about that to 10 people at work. Like, oh, I actually went to that gym. Like it's. It's crazy. They yeah. were making me do all this heavy weight. It's like, no, you were actually doing the base progression, <laughs> yeah. but they don't have a frame of reference to really know like how sweet you are. Yeah. And you know, any gym listening, obviously you have good coaches that have invested a lot in their education and you never want to put them in a position where it's not appreciated. And that's not from like an ego perspective so mm-hmm. much as if somebody comes in and they are familiar with weightlifting or they've done some research or maybe they've done it a little bit at the gym and they felt how it didn't feel right doing it on their own. And then they come in and they're taught this immediately in 30 seconds how to do it and it feels great. They're going to have an amazing experience right. with that. All, all because they were just pre-qualified to come in and they weren't just blindly price shopping. Right. So the whole idea is you don't even want those people anywhere near your gym. Um, people that are just there on price that have done no research that are being kind of dragged by their friend to, to show up. And, you know, it's always appreciated by members because like you love the fact that they want to refer people and they want to share it. But a lot of times people didn't know that like, this is actually a net detriment. Like you're bringing somebody in who, who shouldn't be here. Right. And like, you know, our style of gym is not for everybody. There's plenty of people that shouldn't be in there. And that goes for every single gym out there. There's people that are qualified from a commitment level, from a price level, from a, um, you know, what you're willing to do level. Mm -hmm. And if you're just flooding your gym with all the opposite of that, then that's when you get into trouble and your gym almost begins to take on that personality type. Right. The, the other part of it is too, is, you know, you, you could get the other side where somebody comes in um, based off of, you know, price and I'm just looking for a gym or whatever it is. And then they're not necessarily, they're following the workout in the sense that they're doing the movements and they're, they're going through whatever it might be, but they're like, I don't know, say lunging from movement to movement or running from movement to movement. Cause they're there for this, like, I'm just here for the gym to get my workout in. And then they walk away and they tell their friends, oh, yeah, go to this place because it's cheap and you can get, you know, all this cardio in for 40 minutes or whatever. But that's not really how we do things. And as much as you can explain to somebody like this is why you're doing what you're doing, if they're not listening, they're not going to relay that to their group outside of that. And then they might bring in more people that aren't willing to listen or understand the why. It's just about what, what, what and how much. Yeah, And it's funny. You can tell that, too. Like, I remember back when I coached substantially more and you'd have some of those people in class, like you'd try to give really good service to a new person trying the gym and they're just like completely unreceptive to what you're telling them. And that's very visible to everybody mm-hmm. else in the class. Yeah. And it's like people will make comments or that you can tell they're yep. just like, who the fuck is this bro? Like, yeah. It just takes away from the whole experience where these people that are members that believe in it, they've worked really hard to get their form or mechanics down or, or go up two sizes in a kettlebell and they see some jackass come in who just doesn't want to listen to anything and it, it just disrupts the whole flow of the class in the gym. I mean, I had this yesterday. I had a lady in class that came in and she said, I don't lift any weights. I will not do that. And so I, number one, had to spend a lot of time 
modifying the entire workout. Um, so that took away from all the other members. Uh, number two, after I explained what she would be doing, um, she I looked over several times and she was just doing nothing like like not even a modification of any movement. She just started doing her own stuff. Yeah. And I actually Dave had come in because he was doing the workout after this, and you can tell he notices her right away. And I look <laughs> I over like, at the fuck is yeah, I look over at Dave and he's just like wide eyes <laughs> staring at this woman like yeah. what is this girl doing? It was an ab station where we had four ab movements, <clears throat> and she was literally in a crab walk position. <laughs> doing like dip push-ups and everyone else is doing v-ups and um i forget what else was on there but it was just she could not have been less interested in it and that's a great point because she came in with her daughter who did all the research and he went online and researched it and said i'm into this i want to do this and then just kind of brought mom along and the 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 difference between the two customers was amazing. The daughter's probably going to join, yep. and the mom, we're just she's not joining. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're going to tell her our membership is five hundred dollars. <laughs> um, but it's just that's like the most stark comparison yep. on somebody that shops on the brand and somebody that shops on just like oh they were just told to come in and we yep. should do this. Yeah, um, you know we we talked a little bit about loyalty. Um, you know those people that are coming in because they love your brand and they love what you do and they, you know, identify with who you are and what, what you do. They're going to have a lot of loyalty to your brand. Those people that come because they see a discount, um, you know, think about a, uh, you know, Groupon deal or a living right. social deal. People go on there and they look, they don't look for brands. They look for services or products. Um, and so they're just going to find the cheapest one available. So if you are the you know, offering the cheapest price at the time, they're going to come in, they're going to not be a good fit. And as soon as, you know, some other deal comes along, then they're going to hop over to that other deal. They're not committed to your brand. They're not, um, you know, they're not loyal to what you're doing. Exactly. It's committed like to the community either. Exactly. Yeah. And it's um, in that book I reference. it starts with why, which I highly recommend to every gym owner. Um, the author talks about, how to get people to act on price. You can either motivate or inspire. Mm-hmm. And they talk about motivation being anything that, that is, you know, falls on making you a commodity. Um, you know, not to repeat what we talked about last episode, but you know, anything on, on price, you know, you're, you're cutting the price in half. You're motivating them to join. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we even use that exact word. Like you're motivating people off of the fence as opposed to your brand power and what you're, your brand and your gym actually stands for you're inspiring people Mm -hmm. to join. And one of those creates very long-term loyal customers. And one of those creates exactly like you just said, Pritz, people that will jump at the nearest thing that motivates them on some other, on some other area that's tangible. Um, So it's just, it does have a, it does have a huge negative long-term effect. And, you know, just to give some statistics and some real examples of this, um, you know, when we ran, um, actually, this is, we didn't explain this, we've also done challenges before, mm-hmm. where we, you know, do a 45-day challenge, um, and to join this challenge is a discounted membership price. Um, we When we were starting out. Yeah, when we were starting out. So, um, we ran a couple of these, and... What they created was, uh, you like to call it a membership bubble, where you get all these people to join, and all of a sudden your numbers 
show a certain membership number that is entirely false because those people are there for the price. And so what happened was our churn rate <clears throat> over the next three, four or five months or so after we would run one of those challenges would double. Right. So the average person that left the gym um, from like three and a half, four percent to seven, eight percent. Yeah. So a very significant number um, to jump up to in terms of people leaving the gym every month. So right. you, yes, you get those people that come in. You look at your membership number and you're like, oh, this is working great. But if you're tracking and you're following up and you're paying attention to all this, you actually realize over the next three to five months, all those people are essentially gone. And you have to understand the hidden cost of that too. Those are people that, yeah, you might have you might have received maybe, I don't know, four to seven hundred dollars worth of membership mm -hmm. revenue from them, but net retractions off of that of them maybe saying, yeah, I went to this place for three months, and it just it wasn't for me. Yep. Um, you know, you 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 might be taking people that otherwise might have found out about it on their own and come in. And you're almost just like sending out retractors from your brand yeah. into the world. Um, again, through no bad service that you provided them, they were just not a fit. And you as a gym had no measures in place to ensure that people were a fit before coming in. Yeah, I mean, that, that's happened to me a ton of times personally where I've been interested to try something and I hadn't done it yet. But I heard a negative comment from somebody mm -hmm. that it's, they're different from me. They're, they like different stuff than me. So I heard that negative comment and I was like, ah, I'm not going to try it now. You know, yeah. whether it's a restaurant or, you know, a massage place or whatever, um, you hear that negative comment and you're like, okay, maybe it's not for me. I'm going to go try somewhere else right. instead. Whereas if I had gone and checked that out myself because I was interested, I might've loved it, had a great right. experience, spread the word to my friends instead of now I've been told to not go. And now I'm going to spread that to my other friends too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you talked about the membership bubble and that's a, that's a huge aspect of this that is important in that when you get this spike in growth, I think we got up to 570 members by the end of the fourth year, uh, I think is accurate. And we like, this is awesome. Like we're going to continue to grow. This is, you know, we don't lose people. All we mm -hmm. do is net grow. Right. So like, why is this going to get reversed? And then you start to make plans. Um, you start to, you know, you start to manip manipulate your budget to make certain purchases or you start to forecast your growth or extra locations. And we got up to 570 members in two locations um, within four years. So, you know, everything's great. But then you hit this point where all of a sudden, okay, this bubble, it's going to have to burst at some point. Yep. And it didn't explode on us, but we certainly saw that dip and that reduction that we always kind of knew was coming, um, but definitely caught us by surprise. And we went down, you know, 570, 550, 540, 535, 20 over the course of about six months. Mm -hmm. And we felt that very much. Oh, yeah. And immediately it was time, okay, like we need to scrap discounting. We need to get rid of this. And we got rid of that about a year and a half ago. And here we are again, back up to 580 members. Right. So, um, you know, you, you don't have to get people that way. Um, we definitely got a bit addicted to it longer than we would have liked. Um, and 
we saw that kind of aspect on like the forecasting become difficult to manage because you didn't really know how long these non-loyal members were going to be there. Yeah. And it's always a small percentage of the business. I would say of our membership during that time we did use discounting, I would say we were probably like three out of four people I would have considered a loyal member mm -hmm. with one out of four being like, they don't give a shit about anything that you're saying or yep. doing. They're there to exercise. Mm -hmm. um, so, you're always going to be good, but even with just that one out of four, that's a substantial portion of your margins that if they decide to leave, all of a sudden you're you're kind of screwed. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, there are I, – I can actually still remember we have some members that we gained from those challenges or from the discounts that are still with us today mm -hmm. and are awesome members. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's another trick that this plays on you where it's like, oh, we got this person. I remember saying this to you, like – well, remember, we got, like, these people that joined the gym through these challenges. Right. Like, it obviously works. You see it through, like, rose-colored glasses a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you kind of don't think about all this this other group of people that were gone after a couple months because they found another Groupon yeah. deal or, you know, whatever it was. And we have a ton of people who joined at Half Off who are, are great members and are still members. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not to say that every person that comes in is not qualified. Right. That's evidenced by the fact that our membership is where it is and, and got us to a certain point very quickly. Um, but it's just the side effect of for every great person you get, you probably have one, maybe two people that try the gym that are a complete time waste. Yeah. Um, and also another factor that goes into it is, you know, if you have this discount on your website and that's what you're about, people that do come to your website, they're immediately devaluing your brand right so you know they look at your website they see this discount they're just going to write you off and say this is not a quality product this is not a good brand they're entirely based on price and some of those people will just leave never come back never even think about trying your gym so aside from all those referrals um, the people that are spreading this discount the regular people coming to your website are also going to have that negative effect on, on your brand too. Absolutely. Yeah. And in going back to that um, kind of rebrand that we did about a year and a half ago where we got rid of all discounting and we got rid of all paying for referrals and um, we saw just a huge, huge improvement in just the type of person that came in. Absolutely. The growing loyalty amongst the gym. Um, so Julian, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but like we had that coaches meeting where you know, we went over kind of all the different things with branding that we were now going to be focused on and mm -hmm. not, you know, people that were looking to try something, but join something. And, um, we saw just a huge difference of the type of person that comes in and tries the gym and their attitude and just how easy of a conversion process and adaption process for that member was. Yeah, totally. You, you we have a, I think, you know, we've talked about our website and whatnot and how it just kind of, it breeds that emotional attachment to the place right away, even when you're not a member. Um, but when you come in now and you've gone through that process and it's not about like, well, we can give you all of this for this and you still get this out of your money and all of that. It's just like, it's more about like, well, how can I help you reach your goals and why are you here instead of this is what we do and what it costs. You just end up with time after time again, members that fit the community, fit what, like why we do what we do and fit overall into like 
underneath our flag of become more because it's about the why. Again, it always comes down to that. And when when before it was, well, you know, so-and-so referred me, and I hear you get 50% off. Like as soon as you- It's like they lead with that. Yeah, yeah. if that's the first question out of their mouth, you're like, yeah, but, um, you know, why are you here? Well, because someone told me you get 50%. I was yeah. like, wah, okay. Wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a very different experience now. Um, and it, it also, it as a coach, when when you know somebody has kind of done all the, you know, pre-qualifying steps to come in now, um, you know there's going to be a little bit more of an emotional attachment and potential for, like, some massive loyalty there. So it opens up just everything to make the experience that much more, kind of intimate for that person, I guess you could say more one-on-one, even though they're in a group and they're joining something, like you said, instead of just trying it out and seeing what happens and And if it's worth their money. Yeah, exactly. As a coach, it's, it's so important that, you know, I specifically remember that, you know, when we had all these kind of discount shoppers coming in, it takes a huge toll on the staff because Mm -hmm. you start to become conditioned to not taking people seriously when they come in and all of a sudden like the service that you provide them slips and only because you know nature has conditioned you to do that like uh okay another person comes in that's like you know maybe gonna join but like they're here for price and all of a sudden like your skills and your whole your whole uh you know just positivity slips as a coach because we coach because we love the connection of people being there to improve themselves and being there who are really, really into it. Like you feed on that in those yeah. pot in those classes where that energy is so high. Like those are the best classes right. to coach. And when someone comes in for a trial or when they're just a newer member, you're as a, as a coach, you're stoked on that emotional attachment. You're stoked on that opportunity to connect with somebody and, and do what we do for the reasons that we do it. And when someone comes in and they're clearly shopping price or discount and, oh, yeah, I do this, I do this, I do this. So I just came off a Groupon from here. I'm waiting for the Groupon from here. You're like, I mean, there's so it's so much harder to connect to that person and even try to help them find that emotional reason for what they're doing because either it doesn't exist or it's buried under everything else, like the discount that it's you can't even like help pull that from deep within. You just end up. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Those are the moments where as a coach, you're almost kind of like bummed out on yourself because you're like, I can't reach this person. Yeah. I mean, you think know? about think about the difference. Somebody coming in and being like, oh, my friend told me it was 50 percent off. Yeah. So I'm here for somebody that's like, I want to learn how to deadlift. I yeah. want to learn how to, you know, lift weights. I've always done cardio and I want to learn this stuff. Yeah. Like it's totally different. Or even the people that are, um, you know, we've talked before about how like sometimes it, for people that are more on the beginner side of maybe never having lifted weights, but they're, they want, they're like looking for something that's outside their comfort zone. They're, they have that emotional pull toward, I need help coming out of whatever rut I'm in or changing things up or whatever it is. They're just more open. Yeah. They're more open altogether. Um, it's like, you know, you have people that come in and they say, I'm not lifting weights. That's not what I do. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh. So what, well, now what do I do? Like, it's just, it's a completely different, different story altogether. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely a strain as a coach when you are immediately thrown into like, I'm here for this reason. And it has nothing to do with why, why we're doing this. It's Mm -hmm. what can I get for 20 bucks instead of like when people, when people ask you to talk about membership options and you kind of go through it and then they say, Oh, well I pay $20 
you know, 10 bucks a month at this place. So I'll probably just stick with that. And you're like, I don't even know why you asked me to be honest with you. But yeah, it it definitely takes away from the whole um, coachability and just connect connection with those people when it's about what instead of why. Right. Um, You know, one, one thing that you will ultimately run into as a gym owner is even if you are not actively offering discounts is you will get people that write in and offer you membership prices. And we get this a fairly amount from time to time where people will write in and be like, Hey, I know your membership price is this. Um, would you be willing to accept, you know, instead of 139, would you be willing to accept 99 a month? Um, or, you know, if I pay all up front or something like that. And, you know, we, we've gotten this a lot over the years. And I remember I used to be very tempted by that to be like, Oh, this is somebody that's going to join, you know, a member is better than not a member and 99 is better than $0. So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll try and work something out or something like that. And over the years, I've gotten much better at denying that. And what you find out is all those people still join. They're just trying to test you to see if they can get a better price. So the best response I've ever come up with is unfortunately that would not be fair to our 580 whatever people that are paying full price personally i would love to be able to give you a discount but that's just not fair to anybody Mm -hmm. so i'm sorry and you will see 99 out of 100 people will write back and say yeah that's fair um sign me up for the whatever yeah you know it's pretty crazy that a lot of those people that are seeking discounts may not be joining only because of that right um if they're interested in your brand and stuff like that yeah and you know, another reason why it just doesn't make any sense is the math is just indisputably bad. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the actual margins, like if you are cutting 50% of your revenue off the top of the people that join, yep, and you're losing 100% of the revenue of people who are churning out yep. natural churns, you require so many more people to join in order to get the margins that you need. Right. So... Yes, you might be adding a lot of people, but it's not about people. It's about revenue, right. and it's about being efficient in the people that are in the, the front door. So, you know, you get addicted to like, oh my gosh, like we had 42 people join the gym this month. Well, you, you know, your your margins didn't go up that much right. because you're cutting that directly in half. So yep. those aren't real. Those aren't real memberships. Right. Instead They're, of 42 or whatever, it's actually like 21 in terms of revenue coming right. in. So if you lose 20 people a month, mm-hmm. then you just went up plus one. Right. You yeah. did not go up plus 22. Right. And it's, so it's very deceiving and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It just, rather than focus on a huge net plus with, with the quantity, uh, you want the quality of the member that's going to, you're going to make up for that over the life cycle of their membership and you're going to create a more, t- a tighter knit community and you're not going to have you know, if you're constantly meeting, you know, we're huge on names, learn everybody's names. Right. So if you're having to learn That's so many really people's names yeah. and it's like, why, if they're just going to leave in two months, right. yep. you know, why am I doing this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just, it has such a hidden cost to the vibe and the, the branding and what you're all about than just let's get this person in because we'll keep them. Right. Um, you know, discounting starts off very honest. 
Like, let's just cut the price to get them to try the gym. Right. And then they'll pay full price. You know, that's very, that makes a shit ton of sense. Right. But it's only when you look at these from all this different angle and the effect that it has and the, the multiplier effect that it has, that's when it becomes much more detrimental and much more kind of dubious than just this like innocent, we'll knock off 50 bucks one time. Well, you know, what's that going to do? <laughs> And then we'll get you paying full price after that. Right. But it's, it's just so much more than I that. I think it has an effect on the membership community as a whole as well. That is, you know, yeah, you have that one out of four that is loyal and there for maybe an emotional reason and like ends up staying and becoming a full fledged part of the community. But then you have those whatever out of four that like drag it down a little bit. You yeah. have the other members in the room um, recognize what's going on, that they're, you know, doing their own thing or skirting stuff because they're not really there for that. They're just there because they have the membership. Right. Um, the old and, running in place at the rower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you if you bit, have built a culture in your gym that is based off of something else and then you have this kind of subculture of people that aren't really there for that, they're just there for, you know, quick workout and at a good price, then ultimately it you know, the, the community kind of is off putting to them and then they're off putting to the community and it creates a little bit of a divide sometimes. And as a coach, you can see that in the room and then you're just like, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you have to recognize that and then really give your time to the loyal people that, you know, are going to be there through the next six months to a year or whatever, because they're there for the right purpose. Right. And then the flip side of that is you actually pre-qualify people by not discounting, right. by promoting your brand, what you're all about. Then you know you have confidence that at least every person that comes in is there to try you mm -hmm. for the right reasons. You're never going to be a fit for everybody, right. Right. but at least it's a fair shot and you can you can approach them confidently that, that they're there to do the things that you promote and that you right. provide and if they leave, it's it's not a negative experience. Right. It's just like, you know, I found that a lot that people will leave and, you know, they'll tell people like they liked it, right. but it just wasn't for them. Right. And you'll, totally. you'll get referrals off of that um, from people that actually don't join, but they talk great about you yeah. um, because of the service and the attention that they received when they're there. Right. Yeah. As opposed to what we talked about in the beginning of the episode where that exact same service experience results in the right. the detractors from yep. your brand. Totally. Through absolutely zero that the coach did better or worse in each experience, but how you set that coach up with the person that you provided them into right. the gym. I, I think that a lot of people don't understand how much people talk about this stuff outside of the gym. Right. Um, literally every single person that tries your gym – that's not it for them. If they try your gym, they are probably talking to 20 people over the next couple months about that experience. Mm -hmm. I know um, we're lucky because we have uh, a company locally that we're very good friends with that we know all the members from that company. And like literally their days are spent working and talking about the gym. Working yeah. and They're talking also about like the, gym. the most hyper competitive people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> But we're we're lucky to hear about this to, for them to be like, oh, yeah, we talked about this and that and all this stuff. And I don't think a lot of gym owners realize that every single person that comes through your door is going to be going, talking, and talking about you to a group of people, work, friends, mm -hmm. colleagues, all that stuff. And so if they do have that bad experience, whether it was your fault or not, because you know they're not a right fit, 
then that is going to spread to other people yeah. without a doubt. It's going to spread. How often people ask me where I work and I tell them, that, oh, yeah, I've heard about that place from so-and-so and such-and-such. Mm -hmm. and such. and it, yeah, it's, it's incredible how, how much people do talk about it and how quickly it spreads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, in, in after discussing all of this, are there any situations that you would say would be a good time to discount or what would you say like the overall summary of the good versus bad on discounts would be? Yeah. I mean, I think that honestly it's a case by case basis. Overall, I think discounting is bad. That's my net takeaway of our experience with it. Yep. However, it does make some sense if you're starting out and you need to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's easy to talk, stand up here and talk about branding and brand valuing until um, you're blue in the face, which is something we believe wholeheartedly in. But when you're starting out and you need to make rent and you're, you need to make sure you don't run out of money before you close, there might be a place for that. Yep. If you do it, don't scream through a megaphone that you do it. Mm -hmm. um, have it grow organically and kind of word of mouth. Um, other than that, other than needing to get your gym going and get your base level of members in there, in my personal experience, I think the referrals come much more from the experience and not from the price. Yep. So you're always going to get those referrals, but by discounting, you get the quote bad crop of people coming yep. in. And if you do it for too long, you're going to water down your brand. You're going to start to kind of shift morale with the coaches. It's just going to kind of morph the gym into what it didn't set out to be. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a hard thing to reverse. Yep. Um Good for a spike in membership short-term, bad for sustainable membership long-term. So if you're considering it starting out, you really have to understand all the pros and the cons of it, what it's going to do for your brand, and you have to be very strategic with it if it's a route that you go. Mm -hmm. um, other, you know, If you're just kind of doing it month to month and continue to do it, it's something that's easy to get addicted in, and it becomes – very, very hard to change it in reverse. So. Yeah. Um, real quick, what are your thoughts on uh, like a founder's membership discount for those people that let's say you're opening in three months and um, you're going to offer a founder's discount to say, you know, instead of unlimited being 139, you're going to offer 50 founders, founder memberships. Um, you get 99 unlimited training for the life of your membership for being one of the fi first 50 people to join your gym. I think it's has pros and cons. Like it's a great promotional tool to get your first members. Um, you're without a doubt, you're going to have people refer their friend, like just ask them for this membership, this deal. Like I got it. I'm sure they'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. So you're going to deal with a, a lot of residual price conversations. Um, I think if nobody knows about you and you need that price, motivator, then I think it's fine. I think if once you're established, I don't think it's something that you need. Yep. Um, I just think it, it, it all just depends on the brand and how big or little of a fish that you are right? and how much you need those initial members. Yeah. Good point. So it's why I don't like painting discounting with such a broad stroke right. um, because it can help if done properly, but it's very easy to do poorly and then it becomes highly detrimental. Yeah. And the, long-term effects if you do that incorrectly are pretty large yeah the I longer think. you do it the the the, lar the longer it takes to unwind yeah absolutely cool 
Um, is that a wrap? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Share the podcast with other fitness professionals, coaches, gym owners, and give us feedback on what you think. Thanks, guys. Bye.